You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We've got a new section now. It's called Politics Explained. Back to the basics in the political sandpit. And I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Tane Webster, young man, and he's been questioning me about politics, and we decided to make it a show. And this week, we're talking MMP and first past the post. Oh, listen in, and do send us a text, 2057, or an email, inbox at rowdycheck.radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Politics Explained. Back to basics in the political sandpit with Rodney Hyde and Tane Webster. Right, so the, the question this week is, what's the main difference? How would you explain the difference between MMP and FPP to someone who didn't understand? Sure, well, it's I always put things into a historical context to understand it rather than just making these two choices. In New Zealand, we have the wonderful Westminster system of government. Uh, there's really two great systems in the world. The Republican system of the United States copied through uh, South America, for example. A wonderful, wonderful system. And then there's the great Westminster system uh, copied through the Commonwealth mostly and here in Australia and New Zealand. And then, of course, you have the European systems, which are proportional systems. And so the difference between the first-past-the-post system is that one, the MMP system is proportional. Now, with first-past-the-post, which is what we had, you divide the country up into electorates of a similar size, and people would stand in those electorates, and the person with the most votes would become the local MP. And then the person that could get the most MPs in our parliament would become the prime minister and they would get to form a cabinet. Now, the nature of these things is, is that over time, you sort of find yourself voting for the prime minister because that's the leader of the country. And so with first past the post, it reduces to two parties typically. Sometimes you might get a third, but mostly it's just a two-party system. So you have the prime minister and the alternative because... You can't have a three-way race for prime minister and first-past-the-post. And politics is very conservative. So it's not like a new party can just start up and jump in. It, it doesn't happen. It's a very rare for that thing because you have a main party and the opposition, and the opposition is always teasing at the edges of the government, hard for a third party to get in. The key thing, the key advantage of first-past-the-post, in my mind, is this. It allows you to dump a, gum, a government very easily. And that, to me, is the strength of a democracy. To me, a, a, the issue of democracy isn't about it revealing people's preferences, because that's absurd, because you only get sort of one or two votes, right? How can you reveal your preferences with one or two votes? And three or four choices at most. But what democracy does allow you is that you can get those that rule over you, run the cops, run the army, you can get rid of them. Democracy's wonderful. You just vote them out. And what that means 
is that you don't necessarily get a good government, which I think is oxymoronic, but it prevents you from getting bad government because all governments go rotten over time. First past the post, we kick them out. We keep them on their toes. And the alternative comes in. The previous party spend some time in opposition, sort themselves out and come back in. It's, it's a rejuvenating process. So the criticism of first past the post is that the party in government may not get the most votes. It might get in with 40% because the votes are nicely, it depends mm. how the votes fall from electorate to electorate. It becomes a majority system in the electorates, so you get a predominance of white men, typically, because they're the ones locally that involve themselves in politics. And so we had some unpopular governments, and it came up that what we should have was MMP. Oh, my goodness. MMP would solve all our problems. And so this is often happens in politics, Tane. With MMP, it was proposed, and you do this in politics, you have reality, which is messy and not quite right, not particularly fair, and things go wrong. And then you propose an alternative, and you make the alternative close to utopia because it's not real. It's like what you imagine it could be. And so MMP was presented as this imagined system that would solve all our problems. I mean, literally. And so people went off and voted for MMP thinking it would solve the problems. It's a different system. So mm. MMP is a mixture between first past the post and a proportional system. So it's a mixture of PR and FPP. Uh, F, first part, yeah, FPP. Funnily enough, I don't know if it's true, but I was told that the only other place that has uh, MMP that I know of is Germany. And I'm told that at the end of World War II, there was a huge debate over the governance of West Germany. And the Europeans wanted a proportional system. And the British and the Americans wanted a first-past-the-post system because that's what both allies, the different allies, we're used to. Europeans have Portion representation, America and Britain had first past the post. And some person sitting in the civil service came up with MMP. Those people that wanted F first past the post looked at it and said, oh, that's first past the post. And the proportional people looked at it and said, oh, that's PR. And so that's what became in Germany. Interestingly, I think only New Zealand copied it. There might have been one other country that tried it. So it's a mixture. So you have a set number of seats that are first past the post, which, funny enough, don't matter that much to the political parties because the total number of seats that you have in our parliament, which is what counts, is given by the party vote. So if you get 40% of the party vote, you effectively get 40% of the seats. So it's totally proportional representat representation to your vote. And what happens is you run a list, you run seats, and you get topped up off your list. So uh, when you're a political party, the thing that interests you is the party vote, 
when you're in first past the post and you're a political party, the thing that interests you are the marginal seats. So you might have 100 electorate seats in New Zealand under first past the post now, there'd be 20 that would be marginal. They'd be the ones that would flip between national and Labour, national and Labour. That's where you spend your time because the party that wins those 20 marginal seats that are close every election, evenly balanced between Labour and national, they're the ones that are going to form the government or determine the government. And if you're in a, a Fendleton or a Christchurch East electorate, you don't even try. You don't care about it because one's going to vote Labour and the other's going to vote National through thick and thin. Forget about them. Concentrate on the marginal seats. With MMP, your focus goes on the whole electorate and you're after the party vote. This has huge consequences to how politics is played and how campaigns are run. You give up on electorate meetings. Uh, I mean, the only thing that interests you is the party vote. You tell your candidates not to say anything, right? Because if they say anything, chances are it could, if it's bad, it'll end up in the paper. If it's good, no one will notice. So you get into the strict MMP campaign of the party vote and the only person that speaks is the leader and the leader is running around with a big campaign team of specialists telling them what to say, looking at the polling results and determining it. So the campaign itself becomes media-focused, professional and distant from the people because electorates, who cares? The other thing mm. it does, and then I'm finished with MMP, the other thing it does, it does allow for what you'd call more diversity because people choose, the parties choose their list and so they can put more women in, uh, they can look at the overall balance of their party, that they've got a good representation for the country. So that is a plus. Uh, the other thing it does, and this is hard to see from the outside, but inside it's crushing. MMP puts all the power of politics into the party hierarchy. And by the party hierarchy, I mean the party leader, I mean the party president, and amazingly, the paid staff. MPs are dependent upon those three groups to determine their list place. Ostensibly, their list place is determined democratically, but ultimately it's up to the board, and when it's up to the board, it's up to the leadership, and they decide. So now you don't see outspoken MPs, renegade MPs, mm. um, all the rest of it, because even with an electorate seat, I want a high list place because that's my status and the board and the leader have now become so powerful under MMP they could see me pushed out of my electorate I believe if we'd had FPP first past the post I doubt the lockdowns would have been so effective in New Zealand mm -hmm. through COVID because I think we could have had a couple of MPs speak out certainly we did in the UK 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, was one of the other things that I think about and, and say to people, to be good to hear your thoughts on, is with, with FPP, it's, it's more about land and it's an equal representation across the land because it's the, the positions in Parliament divided up based on land mass, whereas in MP, um, MMP, it's it's based on population. So the cities have a huge advantage. Like there's, I'm not sure how many electorates in Auckland Central. It's probably it's over ten, probably you know maybe fifteen or more. Whereas the South Island as a whole has, I'm not sure, but probably around a similar number of electorates in total, fifteen or sixteen or seventeen, and so. You're actually with with FPP. You're actually having to win the whole country or win a majority of the, the land mass and have people evenly dispersed. Whereas with with MMP, you can have you can have a whole lot of people just coming in on the list that don't actually they're not held accountable by any locality, any any yeah. particular group of people in the whole country. Yeah, no, you're half right, right. No. But in conclusion, you're totally right. The electorates themselves. Uh, have always been about people. So numbers of people basically determine the size of electorates. There's a South Island quota and there's the Maori seats, which make for a complication. But in general, um, it's people, whether it's first past the post or MMP. The difference is this. Under first past the post, you would have rural seats. They wouldn't make up more than their population proportion but those MPs would be answerable to their rural constituents. And so they might only be 10 MPs, 20 MPs out of 100, say, but they would speak up and they would want to be heard. They would want to be in Parliament promoting their constituents. That's how they'd get to keep their seat in Parliament and they would keep their leadership on its toes, and as long as they had the support of their constituents, they couldn't be shut up or kicked out. Under MMP, you still have those rural MPs, but they're totally under the thumb, and because our populations are concentrated in the cities, the leadership is concentrated in the cities, and so the whole whole politics is now dictated by Wellington and Auckland Mm -hmm. and no one else gets a look in because that's where the media are, that's where the leadership is, that's where the board is, that's where the um, staff are and that's why, again, we got such a distorted view of the lockdowns because the people making the decisions weren't out and about in the real world. I'm not opposed to MMP. If I'm asked about what's best, I say I think first past the post because it allows for a decisive vote. And I don't look to politics to give me to give me a good government. I allow it to me to kick a bad one out. And I don't like coalition government. Because what it's meant is that you're a third party like ACT and we could put up any old policy, right? 
and we just we could just put up any old policy that would win us votes, and then you'd have to sit down with National and decide what you'd do, right? And so it's quite tricky because you can't demand all your manifesto because you didn't get that many votes. So literally, you've just had a vote, an election, and then it goes behind closed doors with a third party and a major party to decide the policy direction, and that has to get decided over a couple of days, or if you're Winston Peters, you know, six weeks, right? That's not a healthy process of deciding a government. Not transparent, and it's not accountable. So Mm -hmm. I particularly hate those coalition negotiations. As a voter, as a politician, I love it because you've got enormous power. (laughs) <laughs> so it's quite exciting, but not for the voters. So I don't yeah. like I don't like coalition governments. I like there's the leader. That's what they stood for. Did they do it? Yeah. If they didn't do it, kick them out. I think the a way to close this off is that for for us, for the people who listen to Reality Check Radio, what matters most is not which political system it is, because ultimately, as we discussed on the weekend before, politics is downstream from culture. So we're we're focused on the cultural change for now anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the politicians will make whatever system that you have work. Uh, The key thing is to live in a democracy so one way or another governments can't get too too bad. Um, What troubles me at the moment is that they seem in lockstep so much on all the things that matter to me. And mm-hmm. I can't see a difference between the political parties. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we have Reality Check Radio, because for a while we couldn't see the difference between the media and the political parties. <laughs> Tane, always lovely to talk. Thank you cool. so much. You're on Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. It's Reality Check Radio. That was Tane. Uh, wonderful, wonderful young man. There, there are so many great young people, and they've all stepped up, I've noticed. Because of the experience of the last little while, they have learnt what freedom is firsthand. They've learnt what it is to be bossed around, and they're prepared to stand up for what's right. They've not come through the political parties, but they've stood up for values and principles like Tane, and I just love the political leadership that we're seeing emerge here in New Zealand. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on RCR Reality Check Radio.